welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 80. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary. Going to be unfortunately talking about the Carl Lawson injury. Parlaying that into Adam Schefter's report from yesterday and then getting into your voicemails. But before all of that, fantasy football season is upon us. I just had my fantasy draft on Thursday. Yes, this past Thursday, and it was a nightmare. Hopefully yours isn't as much of a nightmare as mine was. But it's time for you to put PP back in PPR. What do I mean by that? With our sponsors at today's show, Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, they just launched their new performance package 4.0. It's tremendous. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. We don't need that situation for you. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my promo code JETS20. That is J-E-T-S 20. This will help you tame that Troy Palomalu in your pants. Get yourself something nice if it's not the skin-safe technology of the lawnmower 4.0 that you want. May I suggest the cologne? It's tremendous, and I love it. Let's get into today's episode. So unfortunately, it was the week from hell for the New York Jets in Green Bay. With the joint practices and the preseason game, there were a ton of injuries. And, you know, guys got beat up. Denzel Mims, Sheldon Rankins, uh, even during the game, Gerard Davis left with an injury. There are a bunch of different injuries, but the premier one and probably the most impactful one, Carl Lawson, was lost for the season. What a heartbreaker. I was really bummed out. I'm still bummed out, and it's days later at this point because he was probably the guy I was most excited about signing in free agency. That's how much of an impact I thought he was going to have. The Jets haven't had an edge rusher in such a long time. I was penciling him in for double-digit sacks, and he's done for the year with the torn Achilles. It's awful, awful, awful. But now the Jets have some work to do. Do they either A, go with what they have with a rotation? You're going to have John Franklin Myers on one side, and then I'm going to assume Huff and Curry when he's healthy on the other, and maybe some mix and matching going on. Or do they go after the trade market? And according to Adam Schefter of ESPN, he came out with a report yesterday saying that the Jets are looking into a potential trade for an edge rusher. And while... The Jets are definitely a rebuilding team. That's one of the benefits of having a boatload of draft capital is that you can afford to trade for a player if you seem fit or if you see fit for your roster. And also on top of that, so that's one aspect of it. The other aspect is they've made it abundantly clear they need their pass rush to work in this defense in order for this D to be successful. And with the loss of Carl Lawson, well... It's a big ask for Huff, even no matter how high you may be on him. I personally like him, but to say, okay, you're going to come in and replace the guy we paid $15 million a year for. I don't, I don't buy it. I I, I don't. So would it surprise you if the Jets uh, explore the trade market? No, it wouldn't. And there's two guys to me that stick out. Chandler Jones is someone that seems like a pipe dream to me. I would love Chandler Jones on this team. I just don't think it's super likely that they're going to bring him in. Again, I am not anti-bringing in Chandler Jones. I would just, if I had to put a percentage on the likelihood of that happening, it would be very, very slim. While these next two guys were probably not stars, 
I think they're a little bit more obtainable and it'll only take maybe like a mid-round pick to get something done. The first one we'll talk about is Dante Fowler. I feel like he's been talked about going to the Jets for seemingly ever. And I know he's had a very up and down and streaky career, but he's still only 27 years old. I feel like he's been in the league forever, but he's still only 27. Last year, he had three sacks, but 23 pressures to go along with it for the Atlanta Falcons. Year before that with the Rams, 11 and a half sacks, 35 pressures. So clearly the sack number is a little inconsistent, but the pressures still remain pretty good, even though he only had three sacks last year. While Why there's a connection here is Salah was a linebacker coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the early days of Dante Fowler. And last year, Ulbrich was the defensive coordinator for Dante Fowler with Atlanta. So there's clearly a connection there. And then the other one that I think maybe you can draw a connection to is with Joe Douglas. And this guy's a little bit more veteran. Brandon Graham, 33 years old, but over the last two years, eight sacks in 2020 with 29 pressures to go along with it and eight and a half in 2019 with 30 pressures. So this is a good player. I, I know he's up there in age, but to me, those are the two guys that I think are the most obtainable. Sure, there are other bigger net like Von Miller I've seen come up. Uh, Chandler Jones is another popular one. Essentially, just go on spot rack and see who's becoming a free agent at the edge position in 2022 and you pick a name out of a hat. But if I again, if I'm talking about likely candidates to me, Fowler and Graham make the most sense because they already have a connection to either the head coach, the defensive coordinator or the uh, general manager. And I don't think the Jets are going to want to give up the asset to get a premier, premier guy. I think they're going to look for, you know, maybe a mid-round. Like, would it kill him to give up a third or a fourth? No, it wouldn't. Maybe even a second. Uh, and if a second gets it done for Chandler Jones, great. I, I would love that. I would be over the moon for it. I just, I would find it hard to believe the Jets going that route. I think they're going to go with a more middle-of-the-pack kind of a guy because they're not in a win-now situation. And... Like, uh, are you going to pay the premium to get a guy like Jones or a you know big name like Von Miller or, or something crazy like that? I, I just don't see Joe Douglas doing that. I would I think he'd probably bring in you know a stopgap option, uh, or maybe uh, who knows if if Fowler plays well, maybe he'd be resigned because he'd only be twenty eight. But Graham at thirty three seems a little bit more like a stopgap. I think that's the route that makes the most sense for the Jets. Um, they know both of those guys, whether it be from the general manager or the head coach slash defensive coordinator. So you guys let me know in the comments or on social media, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, if you think the Jets should trade for an edge, like one of the guys I listed off, maybe a bigger name guy, or should they just stay put and rotate a bunch of the youngsters? Maybe that's the move in a rebuilding year. But I wasn't. I can't say that I was shocked to see the Jets exploring the trade market because of the draft capital they have and the abundant need. Like, they need their defensive line to get home for this defense to have any chance. So, yeah, if they want to be competitive, they probably do need to add another edge rusher. And no, neither of these two guys are replacing Carl Lawson, but they're solid. So I, I would absolutely sign up for either one of those guys. Let's get into the voicemails. We're going to start things off from Nick in New Jersey, who wants to talk wide receiver depth. Yo, Matt O'Leary. What's, What's up? going on? It's Nick from New Jersey. How's it going? Just calling in to talk about the wide receiver depth. Um, I think it's becoming more and more clear on how it's going to look. Because, yeah, I know we don't like to say number one receiver, but it just looks like Corey Davis. I think from beginning to end, we'll be consistently the number one wide receiver in terms of who Zach Wilson is going to look to when he's in trouble, 
in okay. the red zone. It's that will become his favorite target. And I think Elijah Moore will become that number two receiver once he is accumulated to the NFL by, like, maybe week four, I believe. We'll see him more as a clear-cut number two, and until then we'll see more Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder on the field. But it's going to be crowded. I mean, I, I kind of saw Crowder getting lost in coverage in the preseason game, but I know they're not running the same route. So I just hope he he really finds a place in this offense. I think he to will be a red, like a red zone threat at least. Or right. he's not just a screen guy; he's a very good wide receiver. Watched him juke two giants out and run a touchdown a couple of years ago. I mean, he had some really good memorable plays. And Keelan Cole brings a lot of experience, but also with the tight end group, I think is going to be very interesting too in the past game because. When the Jets post on Instagram the highlights of the game, I'm rewatching that Tyler Cross highlight. Like, well, he caught the ball and just hammered his way through. Well, what did he pick up a like a first down on third, or I think they were just short and they picked up the first down on fourth. I don't remember, but what I'm saying is Tyler Cross took that ball and just hammered his way through. And if he's number two on the depth chart, I think Chris Herndon might be. You know, impressing them a little bit. You know, I hope that's good for you, Matt O'Leary. Um, I like Herndon, too. I think he has a chance. I know many of the Jets fans who do like him, too. So I think we have a decent year to build something this year, and maybe we'll lose one or three of these guys, you know, from wide receivers and tight ends going into next year and build upon Probably. that. So, you know, I don't think we need to overreact to death or anything, but I definitely think that it's going to become clear and... I don't know where Mims fits into this. He will fit in and find a role, you know. We'll we'll see where they want to use him. You know, I'm sure these players will create a role in this offense. Uh, we've heard the coaching staff saying, no, the players are not going to tailor our system. Our system is going to tailor to the players. That's a so good let's, thing. I, that's what I mean. Let's see how they're used. You know, what if we see on each side Keelan, Cole, Mims, and Crowder? They want to put all the tall guys out there, you know, for a red zone. You know, whatever. I think it's <laughs> there's a lot we could do with this offense. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't think anyone's getting traded this year. I think we're going to stick it out and pick someone up next year. Let me know what you think, man. Oh, you got cut off. Um, the wide receiver depth looks really solid. I will give the Jets that. We've talked about that for a while, all offseason Jets fans, I feel like. Um, I agree that I think Corey Davis, especially after the second preseason game, I know this call was after the first one, but – he looks like the guy and I know Elijah Moore is not there. So maybe th that connection uh, will be there as well when he gets back into the mix. But on third down, it, it looks very obvious who Zach Wilson is going to and having a safety blanket like Corey Davis is a big thing. I I'm very excited for him this year. I think he's going to be solid. Moore is going to come back and be explosive. You mentioned Mims. He's, he's too good to be kept down on the depth chart for this long. Um, I, I think he's especially after getting banged up in Green Bay and not playing against the Packers, he's going to come back slowly. But by year's end, he'll be back in the mix for sure. We saw it last year on an awful 2-14 and 14 team. He was one of the few bright spots uh, when he was out there and healthy and playing with a quarterback that wasn't Sam Darnold. He put up really good numbers when Flacco was starting. Um, who else do we mention? Crowder, I think, will have a role early on. Same with Cole. I think I see both of those guys getting phased out. And what I mean by phased out isn't necessarily like, a bad thing. I just think the younger guys are going to start coming up and being more playmakers where Cole may be here next year. Crowder, I would be absolutely stunned if they bring him back 
I think he's a goner after this year anyway. So um, I think eventually he starts to get fade out, faded out or traded. Like if the Jets are in a spot where they feel comfortable with Mims and they feel comfortable with more and they're getting something out of Cole or Braxton or something like that and they trade Crowder at the deadline to a, to a team for, I don't know, third, fourth, whatever, then great. Sure, that's fantastic. But um, I, I, I think the point that Nick was trying to make, and it's one that I agree with, is the Jets for the first time in a while have good depth at this position and you feel comfortable with the guys out there. And, uh, well, that wasn't always the case with Sam Darnold. So it's a nice change for Zach Wilson, and I like to see that. Thank you, Nick, for calling in. I agree with you. Cadence is calling in from New York, upstate New York. He wants to talk about starters and who's a lock. Hey, Matt, this is Caden Smith calling from us upstate New York. It's my What's second up? time calling into the show. Big, long-time listener of your podcast. Love it. Thank you. So I have two things to say here. Um, so, well, one's a question, one's a bit of a statement. So first of all, I'm pretty hyped. I just got myself a Elijah Moore jersey. Just awesome. Updated my Me too. Wardrobe. I'm excited to rep the Jets and be proud of it during the season. And two, I wanted to ask you about who you think are locked to be starters mm. for the team. Not exactly who's locked to make the roster, but who's locked to make the starter. So in my eyes, we all know, obviously, Wilson's going to be a starter. He's No one else is going to challenge him for the quarterback position. Agreed. And then I personally see that Corey Davis is the only exact lock to be a starter for the wide receiver room. And then on the O-line, I see Becton, ABT, and McGovern as basically locked in for sure. And then Greg Van Roten is basically there, but I'm not sure. But then you look at other positions on the offense, like right tackle. Morgan Moses and George Fan are having a great competition. Who's going to win there? Running back room, that's a running back by committee, so there's no lock. Tight end, who's going to win that battle there between Craw, Turns, and Yaboa? And then back of wide receivers, it'll be Cole, it'll be Crowder, Mims, Moore, who knows? And then on the defensive side, we all obviously know that um, Lawson and Quinn Williams are going to be starting. And then I R.I.P. Lawson. Sheldon Rankins will probably be probably be starting. But then who's going to be starting opposite Lawson? Will it be Huff, Zuniga, Ronald Lair? We don't know. And then in the linebacker room, I said, we know for a fact that Mobile is going to be starting and probably Gerard Davis too. But then who's going to be starting at least that linebacker room? Nasrall being has a, the inside lane probably, but Sherwood could make some noise in the final preseason games and practices. Who knows? Cashman could then too, or he'll just get injured though probably. But then who's going to win that job? And then you go back to safeties. Joyner and May are probably locked yep. into the start of safety. And then to cornerbacks, Bryce Hall, I foresee as a pure lock to be able mm-hmm. to start. But then behind him, who else is going to start? For the second cornerback job, will it be Austin, Pinnock, Don? And then for a slot, I mean, more, um, not more, um, Michael Carter, too, and um, Darwin Guidry have the inside lane, but also I've heard some good stuff about Elijah Campbell. So... I hope you can use my um, question on your show and um, hope that you like my question and that's going on. Okay. Bye, Matt. Thank you for calling in. I do like this question. So let's start on the offensive side and work over to the defense second. Uh, Wilson, definitely going to be a starter. Becton, definitely going to be a starter. AVT, definitely going to be a starter. McGovern, definitely going to be a starter. Uh, I would say Greg Van Roten, definitely going to be a starter. Right tackle, Eileen Moses, but I can't say that it's a definite, so I won't include him. Running back, I'm not going to say there's a definite starter there. Davis, definite starter. Um, It's hard to say for the other wide receivers. Tight end, I think is hard to say. Um, 
on the defensive side, Quinnen definitely a starter. Uh, uh, John Franklin Myers definitely a starter. CJ Mosley definitely a starter. Davis, if he's healthy, is definitely a starter. Nazaldean at this point I think is a definite starter too. That's how good I think he's been. Hall, definite starter, and the two safeties, definite starter. Everything else, is, I agree, is up in the air. I, I think it's going to be Austin on the other side. Actually, no. You know, I'll add one more. Javelin Gidry's definite starter in slot. I think he's played very well. Um, so that's maybe my only change from you, but for the most part, in full agreement. Nick from D.C. up next, Carl Lawson. we got to talk about it. Let's get into it. Hey, Matt. It's Nick from D.C. I know that injuries happen. I know it happens, but God, Carl Lawson, like the one guy that like, not the one guy, but I mean, really our biggest free agent signing and just the newest addition. It's so exciting. He was having such a crazy camp. Of all players to get injured. I mean, he hasn't officially, they haven't said it officially that he tore his Achilles, but that's definitely what happened because it did. Unfortunately, he said he felt a pop and. Um, as the back of his I mean, ankle, and, you know, it's definitely a torn Achilles he's done for the season. Um, maybe not. Yeah, hopefully when I listen to this, I'm regretting calling because he didn't tear it. But uh, if you can recommend any good any good seltzers <laughs> or whiskeys, because I know you like both of those things for, there you uh, go. for jet therapy. Uh, it just sucks. All right, well, hope everyone else is healthy, like Mims and Rankins, who also got hurt today. Tough day. <laughs> Anyway, go Jeff. It was a very tough day. I was very bummed out to hear about Carl Lawson. As I said, it, he was probably one of the guys on defense I was most looking forward to. It stinks, but in 2022, he's going to come back looking to prove people wrong and looking to make an impact on this defense. It sucks. And, you know, I started at the top of the show. It seems like they're actively looking for uh, to trade for a replacement. So. They, they realize how important an edge rusher is and they realize how big of a loss Carl Lawson is. It, it stinks. I was re- Like I said, I was really bummed out about it. Um, some seltzers and white and uh, whiskey. Um, I recently, I got a couple from Hudson Whiskey, New York. I'm looking over on the other side of uh, the camera here to read off the names. Short Stack was good and Bright Lights Big Bourbon I have uh, also. I've been really liking that one. Uh, from Hudson Whiskey, which is in upstate New York. Um, and then Seltzers. I don't know. Uh, White Claw is, is probably the best. I, I do like the the Bud Light pack with the... Um, oh, my God. What is it called? Like the, the, summer, the summer one with, like, the tie-dye on it. The blue one in that is just absolutely out of this world. Um, so that could, that always helps numb the pain if you want uh, a game day beverage. That's the route that I usually go. Um, but Nick, yeah, it, it really stinks. So many Jeff fans, and rightfully so, were excited about Carl Lawson. He was having a training camp out of his mind, too, which is... God, it's frustrating. James in New Jersey, he has some thoughts on Carl Lawson, too. This is the therapy session now. we got to get it out. What's up, Matt? It's your boy James from New Jersey. How's it going? What's up, dude? Uh, first order of business. I meant to call last week, and I did get a chance. I was going to call in response to me being at the Jets-Giants preseason game, oh. and I was actually with a Giants fan, and I had such a good time blowing it up in their face how the <laughs> Jets looked pretty decent. Even though the Giants had their second team out there, I was actually pretty happy. But anyway, 
That's true. Now, the reason why I was getting calling and probably the million phone calls or voice messages you're getting about Carl Lawson getting injured. But I'm not going to sit here and rant. I'm not going to sit here and say anything with Jets. I'm not going to even give you my pessimism uh, Jets scare. Okay. Mario. I'm not going to do that. Optimism? What I'm going to do today, I'm just going to say that we have a good coach who seems like he has the right mindset. We have a good front office that if we need to get some extra bodies, if we need to, somewhere in a market somewhere, we will do it. But unfortunately, just like Adam Gase said, Adam Gase era is going to be a next man up mentality. So Ronald Blair's going to have to probably take that spot for Carl Lawson. Probably tough shown he can he can be a down edge. He can be an edge in the down, it seems like. Um, and just, just going to go from there. But I don't think it's going to be a big issue. We're not going to get that edge rusher like Carl Lawson is, but we're going to have guys who can be coached. And to be okay. the NFL, hopefully, I think the staff is going to coach versus just, oh, we don't have the time anymore. I think we're going to be able to just coach them up. So let's just see what happens. So I'm not going to be pessimistic. I'm just going to say we have to do what we got to do and make the best of it and embrace adversity like Rob Solomon says. So give me your opinion. Sure. No pessimism, just semi-optimism. Thank you so much for listening to that. And as always, go just. Talk to you later. I'm going to give you optimism because we're down about Carl Lawson. We're down bad, and I get it. Jet fans have a right to be, but optimistic for a second, putting that aside for a second. Defensive line, even without Lawson, is still the strongest position on this team. Quinn and Williams in year three is going to have a big year. John Franklin Myers, we know, is really good. Vinny Curry, when he comes back, I don't think people are going to realize how good he's going to be. And Huff, like if even if they don't trade for anyone, if the other side with John Franklin Myers, and let's say it's Sheldon Rankins, Quinn and Williams, and then a combo of Curry and Huff, I think you could survive. Is it going to be great? No, probably not. It's not going to be that potential top 10 unit we were talking about. But it could be okay. You can survive with that. And with Robert Sala, I, the players buy in. It's a noticeable difference on the sideline watching him and watching the team around him versus what it was like with Gase last year. It's obvious. I was watching the game. In the, if you saw my post-game video from the other day, I was watching the game with my sister and my mom. My sister follows usually, and my, my mom doesn't really follow, but she was there, and they, like, they very clearly noticed the difference. It's like, wow, this guy seems like happy to be on the sideline, and the players seem like happy to be around him. And maybe it was because they were winning at the end of the game. That can be part of it, but the emotion and the energy is just there, and it wasn't with Gase. And like him or not, he's great as a defensive coordinator. It wasn't there with Todd Bowles either. But this is different. The Jets haven't had a head coach like this since Rex Ryan. And hopefully Robert Sala has even more success than Rex did. Because after the first couple of years, we know what happened with Rex. It, it fell off, and we can get into how many reasons and why that happened another day. We don't have time for that today. But the point is, Jet fans are legitimately excited and have a good reason to for the first time in almost 10 years. That's a good thing. So hopefully that's enough positivity for you, James. Matt in Ohio's up next. He's got some takes on the loss and injury as well. Let's get to it. Hey, Matt. This is uh, Matt from Ohio again. Uh, my question, I guess, inquiry more has to do with, the, obviously, the car loss and industry or injury. Um, they, everyone's been saying, you know, same old Jets, this, that, you know, Jets have worse luck. And they don't have bad, you know, they don't have great luck. But, uh, and 
honestly, if they let this injury ruin their season, I feel like that would be more of the same old Jets, right? Um, I feel like in the past they've been, whenever something hasn't gone their way, which a lot of the time it hasn't, they just let it destroy the whole season. Um, this is kind of the adversity I feel like that Salah was talking about. It is. Uh, let's see how they, they do from this injury. They do have depth along that line. You know, they have Blair, obviously. Vinny Curry should be back uh, week two. Um, they got uh, – they even have some unproven guys that could be good. Hamilcar, Rashid, Rashid Hamilcar, um, and a few other guys, Zuniga, uh, JFM, you know. So I feel like if they let this injury ruin their season, then it is same old Jets. But, you know, if, if they if they can rally from this, and they have guys like, I forgot, Bryce Huff, but they, if they can rally from this. Sure. And I think the Jets have something here with Salah, and he's dealt with this before, right? He's dealt with this in San Francisco. Last year. So. I'm honestly interested to see how they scheme around this, but I just want to get your thoughts on that. But like I said, I think it, they'll, they're only the same old Jets if they collapse from this. So just want to get your thoughts. Uh, appreciate the time. Go Jets. While Carl Lawson's injury, and thank you, Matt, by the way, for the call, it's a big deal. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it and say that it isn't. It is. The most important thing about this team is is what Zach Wilson and the offense does. I'm sorry. It's not anti-defense, not anti what Sal is doing with the defense, not anti what Ulbrich is doing with the defense. I guess what I'm saying is I just don't care as much if they struggle. Like if there's weeks where they're giving up 30 points because the secondary is young and inexperienced, that's fine. If, with the caveat, that the offense is productive, that they're not a bottom three offense in football, that Wilson is a legitimate franchise quarterback. That's what really matters to me this year. It's a building block year. They weren't supposed to be a competitive team anyway, at least competitive in the eyes of you know fighting for a playoff spot. Hover around 500. Jets fans will be fine with that. They watched a two-win team last year. If they go out and are 7-10, and 10, but the quarterback looks really good, and some weeks they put up big points, and maybe he has like two games where he throws for 350-plus yards, great, awesome, phenomenal. But in that same season, if there's like four games where they give up 30 points, and the def- 30 plus points and the defense is, you know, just bleeding and, and, you know, guys are throwing around and Josh Allen's throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns or whatever it is. Okay. They weren't supposed to be competitive anyway. I think Jet fans have to go into the season with that mindset. And uh, maybe then it would ease the pain a little bit. It, it, it stinks, but I don't think it's going to like derail the season. Like, I don't think this goes now from a seven or eight win team, which is what I had him at to a two or three win team now. I I don't think it's going to be that big of a drop off. Tim and Hicksville's up next. He wants to talk Wilson. Hey Matt, it's Tim from Hicksville. Uh, My question is, um, you know, after the first two preseason games against the second stringers, um, do you think that uh, Zach is the next coming of Joe Montana? Thanks. (sighs) Look, I know we're trolling here, but like, are Jets fans not allowed to get excited? They were a two-win team last year with the worst coach in football, with some of the worst quarterback play that I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of bad quarterbacks, and I'm a, on the younger side of Jets fans. So older Jet fans who's been through it for even longer, they know. But someone like me, I'm 26, but I've seen 
Brooks Bollinger play quarterback. Mark Sanchez play quarterback in 2012 at the end when it was brutal. Geno Smith play quarterback. Christian Hackenberg in the I watched every snap of Christian Hackenberg in the preseason. Bryce Petty tried to play quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick go off the rails in 2016. Sam Darnold go off the rails in 2020. Like, I've seen a lot of garbage at that position for a long time. So, forgive me or any other Jet fan that maybe gets a little excited and maybe overreacts to a preseason game. You know what? Maybe Jets fans are overreacting a little bit. But, God forbid, Jets fans show optimism about anything. Because then, the people like this come out of the woodwork, right? I understand that it's a preseason game. I understand that it was against second stringers, a lot of them. But if you can't get excited about that throw he made to Corey Davis off platform, then why are we even doing this? What is the point? That's my answer for you, Tim. To close it out, Devin in Nevada wants to talk about the direction of the New York Jets. What's going on, Matt? It's Devin from Nevada. And uh, pretty much I just wanted to talk about um, the direction that the Jets are going in right now. You know, uh, of course, with our new front office, our new coaching staff, um, I never really ever expected the Jets to be part of trade rumors or trade negotiations. But, you know, with uh, Carl Lawson going down, of course, it looks like we're out there on the market. But, um, you know, now it seems like we actually have uh, an aggressive front office and uh, a team that's uh, an office that's going to put the pieces that we need to succeed. So, of course, we need that outside rusher. Um, I wanted to know three players that you think that the Jets could either trade for or acquire. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I would like us to keep all of our picks because this is a young team, of course. And, you know, I think that the fact that we kept Marcus May and we didn't re-sign him says that maybe next year we're looking at a safety in the draft. I know it's a pretty deep safety class. So, um, you know, I feel like that's where uh, our number one pick, well, one of our first-round picks will go. And then, um, you know, the other one may need to boost up that offensive line or get a cornerback. So, yeah, I just wanted to know uh, three players that you think that the Jets could potentially pick up for that outside line position. And um, I actually like the fact that, you know, John Franklin Myers and, uh, you know, Zuniga, I guess, and some other players have been filling in for um, Boston at that position. So, you know, unfortunately, there's got to be next man up. But, uh, hey, man, it is what it is. So love the show, man. Just want to get your opinion on that. Thank you very much, man. Peace. Thank you, Devin. Yeah, if you don't want to give up draft picks, then you're just going to have to roll with what you have on the roster. Um, and that would be, you know, John Franklin Myers, Vinnie Curry, uh, Bryce Huff. Those would be the main ones that would be in the mix. Maybe Zuniga a little bit. But if you do feel comfortable, if you want to go all in, Chandler Jones is the, the guy. I just, I personally don't see Joe Douglas going that route. The other two that I mentioned at the top of the show, Fowler and Graham. If you can get them for a mid-round pick, those guys can still play. And if they play well, great, re-sign them. And then you have two really good edge rushers, and even better. And the Jets have cap space in next year, and you know, seemingly until the end of time they have cap space. But I'm not, yes, I'm bummed out that Carl Lawson is hurt, and it's a big loss, but it's not like, okay, let's just throw in the season and not even play. If Zach Wilson got hurt and lost for the year, that's much different. Makai Becton gets hurt, lost for the year. That's much different. I'm sorry. Maybe that's insensitive. I don't mean it to be that way. I'm, I'm very upset that Carl Lawson's hurt, and I wish him a speedy recovery, and I hope he comes back better than ever. But I don't think Jet fans should just give up and not watch the season because of it. So 
Uh, that's my take on it. Let me know what you guys think on social media. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get in the show, whether it's in podcast form, leave a rating and review. That really helps a lot. Or if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, thumbs up, all that good stuff. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. Talk to you next time.